0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of the Emerald City of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty-Eight: How They Drank at the Forbidden Fountain. The Scarecrow had no need to sleep; neither had the Tin Woodman or TikTok tock or Jack Pumpkinhead. So they all wandered out into the palace grounds and stood beside the sparkling water of the Forbidden Fountain until daybreak during this time they indulged in occasional conversation nothing could make me forget what i know remarked the scarecrow gazing into the fountain for i cannot drink the water of oblivion or water of any kind and i'm glad that this is so for i consider my wisdom unexcelled you are certainly very wise agreed tiktok for my part i can only think by machinery So I do not pretend to know as much as you do. My ten brains are very bright, but that is all I claim for them, said Nick Chopper modestly. Yet I do not aspire to being very wise, for I have noticed that the happiest people are those who do not let their brains oppress them. Mine never worry me, Jack Pumpkinhead acknowledged. There are many seeds of thought in my head, but they do not sprout easily i am glad that it is so for if i occupied my days in thinking i should have no time for anything else in this cheery mood they passed the hours until the first golden streaks of dawn appeared in the sky then ozma joined them as fresh and lovely as ever and robed in one of her prettiest gowns our enemies have not yet arrived said the scarecrow after greeting affectionately the sweet and girlish ruler They will be here soon, she said, for I have just glanced at my magic picture and have seen them coughing and choking with the dust in the tunnel. Oh, is there dust in the tunnel? asked the tin woodman. Yes, Ozma placed it there by means of the magic belt, explained the Scarecrow with one of his broad smiles. Then Dorothy came to them, Uncle Henry and Aunt Em following close after her. The little girl's eyes were heavy because she had had a sleepless and anxious night. Toto walked by her side, but the little dog's spirits were very much subdued. Bellina, who was always up by daybreak, was not long in joining the group by the fountain. The wizard and the shaggy man next arrived, and soon after appeared Umbi Ambi dressed in his best uniform. "'There lies the tunnel,' said Ozma, pointing to a part of the ground just before the Forbidden Fountain, and in a few moments the dreadful invaders will break through the earth and swarm over the land. Let us all stand on the other side of the fountain and watch to see what happens.' At once they followed her suggestion and moved around the fountain of the Water of Oblivion. There they stood, silent and expectant until the earth beyond gave way with a sudden crash and up leaped the powerful form of the first and foremost followed by all his grim warriors as the leader sprang forward his gleaming eyes caught the play of the fountain and he rushed toward it and drank eagerly of the sparkling water many of the other phanfasms drank too in order to clear their dry and dusty throats then they stood around and looked at one another with simple, wondering smiles. The first and foremost saw Ozma and her companions beyond the fountain, but instead of making an effort to capture her, he merely stared at her in pleased admiration of her beauty, for he had forgotten where he was and why he had come there. But now the Grand Gallipoot arrived, rushing from the tunnel with a hoarse cry of mingled rage and thirst. He, too, saw the fountain and hastened to drink of its forbidden waters. The other growly wogs were not slow to follow suit, and even before they had finished drinking the chief of the Whimsies and his people began to push them away, while they one and all cast off their false heads that they might slake their thirst at the fountain. When the Gnome King and General Gough arrived they both made a dash to drink, but the General was so mad with thirst that he knocked his king over, and while Roquat lay sprawling upon the ground, the general drank heartily of the water of Oblivion. This rude activist-general made the Gnome King so angry that for a moment he forgot he was thirsty, and rose to his feet to glare upon the group of terrible warriors he had brought there to assist him. He saw Ozma and her people too, and yelled out, "'Why don't you capture them? Why don't you conquer Oz, you idiots?' Why do you stand there like a lot of dummies?" But the great warriors had become like little children. They had forgotten all their enmity against Ozma and against Oz. They had even forgotten who they themselves were, or why they were in this strange and beautiful country. As for the Nome King, they did not recognize him, and wondered who he was. The sun came up and sent its flood of silver rays to light the faces of the invaders. The frowns and scowls and evil looks were all gone. Even the most monstrous of the creatures there assembled smiled innocently and seemed light-hearted and content merely to be alive. Not so with Roquat, the Gnome King. He had not drunk from the Forbidden Fountain, and all his former rage against Ozma and Dorothy now inflamed him as fiercely as ever. The sight of General Guff babbling like a happy child and playing with his hands in the cool waters of the fountain astonished and maddened Red Roquat. Seeing that his terrible allies and his own general refused to act, the Gnome King turned to order his great army of Gnomes to advance from the tunnel and seize the helpless Oz people. But the Scarecrow suspected what was in the King's mind, and spoke a word to the Tin Woodman, Together they ran at Roquat and grabbed him up and tossed him into the great basin of the fountain. Gnome King's body was round as a ball, and it bobbed up and down in the water of oblivion until he spluttered and screamed with fear lest he should drown, and when he cried out, his mouth filled with water which ran down his throat, so that straightway he forgot all he had formerly known, just as completely as had all the other invaders. Ozma and Dorothy could not refrain from laughing to see their dreaded enemies become as harmless as babies. There was no danger now that Oz would be destroyed. The only question remaining to solve was how to get rid of this horde of intruders. The shaggy man kindly pulled the Gnome King out of the fountain and set him upon his thin legs. Roquat was dripping wet, but he chattered and laughed and wanted to drink more of the water. No thought of injuring any person was now in his mind. Before he left the tunnel he had commanded his fifty thousand gnomes to remain there until he ordered them to advance, as he wished to give his allies time to conquer Oz before he appeared with his own army. Ozma did not wish all these gnomes to overrun her land, so she advanced to King Roquat and, taking his hand in her own, said gently, Who are you? What is your name? i don't know he replied smiling at her who are you my dear my name is ozma she said and your name is roquat oh is it he replied seeming pleased yes you are king of the gnomes she said ah i wonder what gnomes are returned the king as if puzzled they are underground elves and that tunnel over there is full of them she answered You have a beautiful cavern at the other end of the tunnel, so you must go to your gnomes and say, March home. Then follow after them, and in time you will reach the pretty cavern where you live. The gnome king was much pleased to learn this, for he had forgotten he had a cavern. So he went to the tunnel and said to his army, March home. At once the gnomes turned and marched back through the tunnel, and the king followed after them, laughing with delight, to find his orders so readily obeyed the wizard went to general guff who was trying to count his fingers and told him to follow the nome king who was his master guff meekly obeyed and so all the Gnomes quitted the land of oz forever but there were still the phanfasms and whimsies and growlywogs standing around in groups And they were so many that they filled the gardens and tramped upon the flowers and grass, because they did not know that the tender plants would be injured by their clumsy feet. But in all other respects they were perfectly harmless, and played together like children or gazed with pleasure upon the pretty sights of the royal gardens. After counseling with the scarecrow Ozma sent Omby Ambi to the palace for the magic belt, and when the captain-general returned with it the ruler of oz at once clasped the precious belt around her waist i wish all these strange people the whimsies and the growlywogs and the fanfasms safe back in their own homes she said it all happened in a twinkling for of course the wish was no sooner spoken than it was granted All the hosts of the invaders were gone, and only the trampled grass showed that they had ever been in the land of Oz. End of chapter twenty eight.